we don't usually act until we feel threatened. So I've been doing this work for 14 years now, and I've seen a reason for this long before COVID because before COVID there was other crises and things that, you know, maybe other people weren't paying attention at that point. Obviously COVID kind of light bulb went off for a lot of people. Derek, great to meet you in person. Good to meet you. Man. to see you here at the Better Way Conference 2023. Um, so much to talk about. Um, the t-shirt you're wearing, first of all, is, is how I came into contact with, with your work. I'm curious to explore that and tell our yeah. a little bit about the Freedom Cell Network. But I know there are so many projects that you've been involved with. And in fact, your whole backstory that leads us to today is also fascinating. So we're going to try and give, give a flavor of what you've been sure in this conversation. We'll book something for a, for a more expansive conversation. But tell us a little bit about, firstly, the Freedom Cell Network. I'm really curious about how, how you got involved and yeah. brought that to fruition. So the Freedom Cell Network is, the website's freedomcells.org, and it is a worldwide network of people who are trying to focus on getting out of systems that I think don't align with our values, specifically individual liberty, bodily autonomy, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. Um, I am, I guess, the co-founder of it. I started uh, working with my buddy John Bush, who's based in Texas as well, and he gave a talk in 2015 where he was outlining this idea of what would it be like if on a local level, people started to organize in small groups. At the time, we were talking about groups of eight to 10 people and started focusing on growing food, getting off big tech, um, you know, getting out of the financial system, these kinds of things. And if everybody did this everywhere, well, you end up with a bunch of cells, groups, hubs, hives, whatever you want to call them. And in the long term, that this could create a parallel network that we believed could help people sort of exit from governmental systems, corporate systems, et cetera. So I heard about it in 2015. I took a lot of inspiration and, and I started to create Freedom Cells in, in Houston, where I'm originally from in Texas in 2016. And I was putting out dozens of videos, writing about it from 2016 till 2020. But it wasn't until COVID happened where we saw this massive exponential growth. So the website is essentially just the home for the network. I mean, I think the network exists in the real world. Like we like to tell people the website, Telegram, online stuff, that's not Freedom Cells. Freedom Cells is what we do in person. But the website itself is simply a way for people to connect. So say you're somebody who doesn't know anybody in your local area, you can go to the Freedom Cells website, create a free profile, put what are your skills, what are your interests. You can put, I have land or I'm looking for land, you know, whatever sort of labels, which will help people decide if they want to contact you. And you can use our maps to search to find anybody in your area. Say you want to find, show me all the groups within 10 kilometers or all the people who are interested in permaculture within 10 kilometers and it'll show you everybody who's joined with the idea being then you connect with them you know maybe there's a group go to the meeting and leave the website behind the website's just to facilitate the connection and then to start creating these groups in the real world so as i said i've been promoting it for years and we had about 1500 people on the website prior to covid we are now at 40,000 people around the world just on the website and then i would say tens of thousands of people who are doing freedom cells activity via telegram and other apps and then some who just do it they don't even you know post about it on the internet um and it is all geared towards like let's come together let's have this activist support network is kind of how i promote it and like let's imagine we wanted to create a freedom cell we get a group of people together and say what what is everybody's main interest well we're all interested in growing our own food we want to try to get off the financial system we want to get off big tech 
let's set goals in that process. Let's go volunteer at a community garden or let's take a permaculture course together or things of this sort. And the idea being that that knowledge and that information is distributed among the group. There's no one single person that's leading or you know, kind of in control, but instead collectively we're working together. And so as that's happening in Houston and in the UK, and it's been really popular in India, Australia, uh, Germany, Portugal, Mexico, Canada, that as we're all kind of building separately, we're also forming this, this network. And so it's really been humbling and amazing to now see, and like even here in the UK to meet people and say, oh, I'm in the London Freedom Cell or Bristol Freedom Cell people that I've never met, places I've never been, because we we don't create the cells, we just put the idea out there, yep. and it's now taken on a life of its own. Incredible. In fact, just this morning, I caught up some, uh, some of my friends here from Bristol, who, you know, I met them for the first time, I was, I was broadcasting in the street, they said, are you, are you down? Yeah, and we ended up talking, they, they built this BSA Freedom Cell, they wow. must come along and have a look at BSA as the postcode of where it is, uh, over in Bristol, and it's amazing to see these things unfold. Um, and I, I think underpinning it is such an important philosophy, uh, if you take the big picture view of decentralization, yep. localization. Exactly. Uh, but there are so many benefits at the kind of micro level as well, the interpersonal communication, yep. the skills people learn, the community building, sense of purpose, meaning, contribution, many other things, as we know from people like Matthias Desmond, those are some of the problems that society has um, manif have manifested the problems. Yeah. Now, I'm curious about this because I wasn't aware that it predated COVID. That, mm. That's new new insight, of course. I can see why it mm. has accelerated this insight yeah. For you though, what was the original catalyst? What, what was it that provoked you to look at this in depth? Well, so like you said, COVID was the catalyst. I think that we as humans are creatures of habit and we don't usually act until we feel threatened. So I've been doing this work for 14 years now and I've seen a reason for this long before COVID because before COVID there was other crises and things that, you know, maybe other people weren't paying attention at that point. Obviously COVID kind of light bulb went off for a lot of people. Um, but for me in general, it's just a recognition that the current systems, and I say this as somebody born in the U.S. who lives in Mexico, who has traveled a lot of the planet, that I think wherever you live, for the most part, we probably recognize that the governments in power do not respect our individual rights or individual liberties. COVID clearly put that on display for people, but these problems have existed before COVID was around. And I do think that's important for people to recognize because maybe folks who kind of just joined the game the last couple of years might not quite realize that this isn't just about COVID and a pandemic and vaccines and things like that. This is a much bigger picture of what's going on. And these folks who are trying to take us in this direction, they have uh, a vision of a world that I don't think does align with the values that we hold. And uh, so for me, it, the initial impetus was just to recognize that, like, as you said, decentralization, I think is the answer to decentralized power on the big scale, as well as the local. In the Freedom Cell Network, our five main values are decentralization, localization, solutions focus. So our mantra is assume everyone knows the problems, focus on the solutions. So we don't encourage people to come join the Freedom Cell Network and post about the latest political debates or whatever. It's like, if you already know those things and you're ready to do something about it, that's what we're there for. We're also nonviolent, so we don't promote, you know, let's go overthrow the government or throw bricks through windows or things of that sort solutions focused decentralization localization and apolitical that we're not here to promote politicians or to the, we don't believe that that's where the answers are going to come from so to me i mean our bigger vision the kind of big picture of the freedom cell network we believe what we're laying the groundwork for is going to be a complete parallel system in a parallel society to the one that we are recognizing doesn't serve us 
And maybe that's kind of a big picture that some people can't grasp yet. And none of us really know what it's going to look like. But I do believe that the work we're doing now is going to lay the foundation for parallel systems, parallel economies, and overall parallel societies around the world so that the coming generations um, will have a choice. Do you want to own nothing and be happy and go down that path? Or would you like to come see what we're building and we're working on? Amazing. Now, yeah, I'm so fascinated by it all. The, I've got a couple of detailed questions. The eight to ten. Uh, so my mind goes, why, why the numbers? Is there is there a method? To yeah. So the so we encourage people to. We started talking about groups of eight. There is some some research and some data behind that that I can talk about. But I want to emphasize first that that doesn't need to be kind of a a limiting oh. point. I think some people see that and they're like, oh, we only have five people, we can't do anything, or I have twelve, I can't. You know, we're doing it wrong. Ultimately, if you're coming together on a local level and you're accomplishing goals and you're, you know, there's a social aspect of it. Of course, so many of us feel alone. And so sometimes freedom cells are just, a, wow, I'm not crazy. There are other people like me. Right. So there's that aspect. But the reason we were originally promoting it, there is a, a book called Flourish. Uh, there is this psychologist, these two men who were doing research on group dynamics, social dynamics. And they found in their research that uh, group size of eight seemed to be ideal. In their estimation, groups that were too small, it's difficult to get bigger projects done, but also groups that get too big beyond that, you know, there's more chaos and such. So they had this th their theory that if we form these groups of eight, what they called octologues, what we call freedom cells, and they had a more specific kind of very detailed about how freedom, like they believed octologues should be for men, for women, et cetera. And we kind of made it more decentralized, and, but we took inspiration from their idea of small local groups of eight. So we tend to say eight to 10, but again, ultimately, like if you're coming together on a local level, I do think there's, you know, there's reasons to like, say maybe you end up with a, a freedom cell online that has 300 people in there. Typically 300 people are not active. There's maybe only eight to 10 people who actually come out to events who are ready to do things. Some people just want to come talk and just have that social aspect. But there seems to be like the smaller groups that are the ones ready to actually do things and be proactive. So if that works for people, then great. If it feels limiting, then, you know, leave it aside. You know, it's kind of how we promote it. But there is data behind that. Yeah. Yeah, I think what I find fascinating about that is that Obviously, there's a kind of bias towards action and getting things done, and I think that's important in the context of what we've got. But I've always thought that there's a role for everyone. You've mm -hmm. almost got the kind of thinkers, the strategists, the philosophers yeah. who have a different mode of action. And then you have the kind of more feeling-orientated people who I think are really great at holding the energy, the values, yeah. the culture, the principles. And then you've got the people who are just natural doers. They, sure. they roll the sleeves up. They're the first yeah. on the scene to get things done. And I think for a lot of people, there's hunger for action, but actually I do think there's roles and I agree. limited to those three characteristics, yeah. but I think it's actually helping people to find their flow zone and exactly. their genius so that thinkers can do their thing. The feelers can do. I think that's an important point because I've so just having communicated with a lot of freedom cells around the world, I get a lot of questions about, Hey, we're trying this thing and it's not working out or we're doing this or what advice do you have? And the answer is that the beautiful thing about decentralization, what works for the Bristol Freedom Cell might not work for the Houston Freedom Cell, but there might be ideas that we can take from each other and let's adapt that to our local environment. Because again, local, we're going to have different environments, needs, resources, goals, etc. but we can take from each other, inspire each other. But as you said, everybody will have a different role. And for me, I'm just a loudmouth spokesperson, so I can't help but share the ideas. Yeah. But there are other people who are better, I think, at... Um, 
like actually coming up with strategies for their specific cell. And I, you know, I do that where I live locally. We have a group there that we work with. We try to do everything from monthly documentary screenings to let's go build a garden together. Uh, you know, I still think there's a place for protest as well to getting out there and expressing ourselves. Ultimately, it's about whatever is going to serve your specific area, your specific community. And we would never claim to, you know, that this is the only way freedom cells can be done or that there's no role for you if you're not the one who wants to build the garden, right? Like you said, there's different ways to communicate this message and to communicate these ideas. And I'm honestly very humbled and impressed by all the people I meet and the things that I'm learning of like how other people are approaching the idea and, and what works and then maybe what doesn't work for them. Mm, I think that's also how you preserve the principles that you share because the moment you become too prescriptive, yeah. you start becoming centralized. Exactly. Of people. And there's almost like, I've, I've experienced this, there's this kind of pursuit of equal opportunity, equality, and that often manifests. And I've been in other decentralized groups. Everyone has the same amount of time to speak, but the reality is some people are extroverted, some sure. are introverted, they communicate differently. Yeah. Some people are kind of creative visual, visualization, visionaries, others are more implementation oriented. So equality in that sense doesn't mean equality of time. Sure. And I've seen those challenges play out and I'm kind of curious because I've been part of a We've, we've had a very decentralized activist network here yeah. in the UK that I've been integral as being part of and starting. And we've really explored using decentralized methodology, but it does come with some of its own challenges that we sure. run into. Would you mind just kind of speaking into some of those common pitfalls that may arise and how you've navigated some of those? Yeah, I mean, so I can say that some of the common concerns or issues that people have expressed to me are things like, we have a group of 10, 15, 20 people together Nobody wants to do anything. Like you said, so there's different kinds of doers and actors and stuff. Usually the person who is kind of initiating, like, oh, I want to start a freedom cell in our area is somebody who feels like it's time to get things done. I'm ready to roll up the sleeves and all that. And then others might come. And again, they might just be looking for a social club or they want to hang out weekly and just, you know, get some food and talk with other people. Um, that seems to be a common concern or issue that I think is navigable by setting goals from the beginning. Um, in my book, I, I actually outline 15 tips for freedom cells based on crowdsourcing this information, not just from my own head, but from what other people have told me what has worked and not worked. And one of those things I think is that by, if you're going to form a freedom cell or whatever you want to call it, because again, even the name is not relevant. People call their groups, hives, hubs, circles, whatever. We don't care. There's no rule if you have to call it this. Um, but to set clear intentions, you know, is your group going to be just a weekly coffee, get together and chat group, which is fine. That serves a purpose and a role for some people. Or is it going to be um, protest oriented? Or is it going to be oriented? You know, for example, sometimes people who form freedom cells, we've seen uh, groups of parents. Now, there are, they all have kids. So obviously the actions they take are going to be oriented around maybe homeschooling, uh, peaceful parenting things or going out and doing activities for the kids. So just being able to create clear intentions from the beginning and some freedom cells want to do it all. Like that's kind of the way we've approached. We have a group that's interested in permaculture, interested in cryptocurrency, interested in getting off big tech. And so we try to set goals and have maybe a meeting that's oriented to one of those specific things. Uh, I think that can help is making your intentions. And there are room, as you're saying, for groups that maybe want to do it all and are willing to work with all types. But if you make those intentions clear from the beginning that guys, we're going to have one meeting that's a social thing, but then we're going to have another meeting that is the business where we're going to come together, come ready to get stuff done. Because I think in our communities, and I can say this probably internationally, that because we, many people don't get to speak like this very freely. They go to a, a job where they have to put on a mask, maybe physically and metaphorically. 
and they can't really be themselves. And then so they get around other people and they're just, ah, we just want to share and talk. And that can last three hours, but then the meeting ends and nothing's been accomplished, right? So being able to create those spaces, hey guys, we're having a social club first for two hours and then business or vice versa. But just creating the right container so that people know what they're coming into. I've found that that can reduce like wasting time and confusion and people understanding what they're getting into, right? And so if you're the person or the group of people that are kind of initiating the Freedom Cell or the creation of the group, set the intentions from the beginning. Let others know what kind of container you're trying to create. Or maybe if you don't have specific ideas, you don't know, because sometimes people are like, I'm creating a Freedom Cell, but we don't know what it's going to become. Then maybe just make that clear. Yeah. We're not sure where we're going, but let's work on this together and figure it out together. Powerful. So, thank you so much. Now, could, before we close up, remind people where they can find out more about how to get, participate in Freedom Cell Network. So the main website is freedomcells.org. And I want to emphasize .org because there are some imposter websites out there. <laughs> There's a web, .com is a person who refuses to sell us this website and basically tries to funnel people into the U.S. Republican Party, like, but has similar language. And so freedomcells.org is our main site. And I will say that when you join the site, so you get access to the maps, the member maps and the cell maps, we also have on the website an Agora where people can list services. So wherever you live, you want to list if you've got products for sale. We also, one of the biggest things we had requested because uh, we updated the website about a year ago during COVID was to allow for dating ads for unvaccinated <laughs> people. So on the Agora, if you want to put single, unvaccinated, et cetera, there's a place for that. And uh, the other thing is, so the Agora, the maps and Really, I just I want to invite people that if you do want to get involved in this movement, whether it's through Telegram, whether it's through web, the website, what really matters is what we do in person. Yes. Like all of that stuff, the digital infrastructure is only, at least in our mind, meant to get to this point. Okay, now I'm face to face with people. Let's leave the, you know, you can put a home on the website. Like if you start a Freedom Cell, create one on the website so that new people coming, they'll find you and they'll message you and then they'll come join. And then the other thing is if you join the site and you go search and you're in an area where there's nobody yet because, you know, we have 40,000 people, but still we got a lot of room to grow. Start the Freedom Cell. We nominate you to start the Freedom Cell in your area because there's so many people who would tell me, oh, I went and searched and I saw nobody was there. So I, I left. I guarantee you there's other people doing the same thing, just waiting for somebody to step up and yes. plant that flag. So this is very much a solutions driven proactive movement and we need other people who are ready to step forward and and kind of help us continue to grow i think that we you know our big vision is a hundred thousand plus people like around the world and i think when we get to that point and we're starting to see these pockets of places around the world that are really taking to this idea and some now who are going to the point of wanting to get land and you know building their communities that is that vision of the parallel network and i think we're really starting to see it come to fruition amazing there's so much flexibility and variety there so encourage let's help uh, Derek and the uh, and, and all of the freedom networks around the world to hit that number so go ahead and check out the website um there's so much I'd like to talk to Derek about today uh, mm -hmm. there's so many other projects perhaps as a teaser to close out you could just give us a little hint at some of the other things you're, you're working on right now sure I can throw a few things out um so for those who maybe don't know about my work my main website's theconsciousresistance.com I'm freelance investigative journalist that's where you can find my podcast articles interviews my books are downloadable there for free um, I also host an event similar to the one we're at now, Better Way. It's called The Greater Reset, and it's in Mexico and Texas, and it's also free online for anybody to watch. We'll be doing our fifth event in January, and we meet at the exact same time that the World Economic Forum meets for five days. But instead of talking about how we're going to control the world from the top down, we talk about bottom-up solutions like freedom cells and other ideas, spiritual, mental health, getting off big tech. So thegreaterreset.org is that website. 
Uh, I also have a 17-part documentary series that is near completion. It's called The Pyramid of Power. We've released 12 episodes. They're available for free, and the 13th one will be out any day now. It's thepyramidofpower.net. And I'm building an intentional community in Mexico. It's called The Conscious Agora, theconsciousagora.com. I think that's probably it. Is there a phone or something as well? Oh, my buddy Romero, his company is Above Phone. <laughs> they sell privacy-based phones, yeah. abovephone.com. And I think they just launched abovephone.uk. So, yeah. yeah. So you can see why there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> there's a lot going on. Those the head, and Derek and I have to coordinate for a longer interview. We can explore these other Absolutely. as well. Um, I hope you in between all of that, you do also rest and sleep and nourish yourself and all those things. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, the thing is, the, the last thing I, I would like to say is that, you know, my work, in addition to everything that we just talked about and mentioned, is very much about the need for internal healing as well. I went on my own journey when I was younger through depression and drug addiction and prison, and that's actually what woke me up first. Discovering that and starting to heal some of my own trauma, I do think that we need to build freedom cells, we need to do all these things, but if we don't do that internal work, what I call the struggle against our own internal tyrant, the doubts, fears, insecurities, and limiting beliefs that can hold us back. No matter what we create, unless we do that work, we're going to end up cycling back and becoming the same thing that we're fighting. So I just want to emphasize that the importance of that internal work as well. We're very much on the same page. Bro. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate so you, you with me. Thank you. Another podcast. Thank you.